Good morning, everyone. And I'm so excited to introduce to you my favorite doctor on the planet, Dr. Vivek Gupta. You've all asked me so many questions about my weight loss journey, and I have enjoyed the journey, which I've never said that before when I've tried to lose weight before. And part of the reason I've enjoyed the journey is because of this amazing man who helped me all along the way. Not only has he been through this journey on his own, he has coached and uh, advised many, many who have been through the weight loss journey. Um, I am excited to introduce him to you today. Dr. Vivek Gupta, welcome. Thanks, Susan, those are the very kind words. You bet, you bet. So I remember our first day when I finally had the courage to call you um, Mindful Weight Loss. The title of your uh, entity really appealed to me because I like to think of myself as mindful, you know, and I'm meditative. But if you look at how much weight I gained and not by just shoveling Big Macs down my mouth, because I did not do that. It was very stress related and unconscious and not mindful. So how ironic that I reached out to you at Mindful Weight Loss to help me. And I'll never forget crying like a baby, really, literally on the call. We were on video and my face was a cherry pie, you know, snot covered mess. And you were so kind and so compassionate. I'll never forget that first call. So thank you for that. And I know that you're that way with all of your patients. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so weight loss, you know, I, I think um, society and healthcare misunderstand, you know, the root causes of weight. So weight loss is a biological issue, and there's many evolutionary reasons for that, right? Our yeah. bodies evolved in a world that was a, it was a caloric restricted world. And in that world, the people, the our ancestors, the ones who survived were the ones who could keep on weight and keep it on as long as possible. So our whole system is biased towards eating. So right now, in the last 70 years, we're in a caloric surplus environment, which is very different. Calories are everywhere. They're cheap. They're delicious. And they make you want them through a million different ways. So that's why this discordant or this discrepancy um, between our physiology, our evolutionary physiology and the environment leads to the fact that 70% of us struggle with this issue. So wow. yeah, exactly. And I think too often, you know, in, in our society and unfortunately in a lot of healthcare, there's a lot of fault-based language, like it's your fault that you struggle yeah. with this. And you wouldn't say that to someone who has cancer or so many other diseases, but for this disease, that's kind of the bias that you know we all have. And it makes it really, really tough, you know, to seek help like you did, right? Or just to kind of really understand what's truly going on. Well, I'll say that even the people who love me most said things like, you know, stop eating, get off the couch, go for a run. And none of that was what was making me fat. It wasn't like I was sitting on the couch eating and not moving. It wasn't like I was, again, driving through McDonald's and hammering down Big Macs. It really, literally, in my case, and I know it's different for everyone, but in my case, was very stress-related. My body was hanging on to every ounce it gained. Um, I probably could have survived in the caveman era <laughs> quite well. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a lot of my patients, remarkably, like, they're eating way less than everyone around them. So by the time they see me, you know, so I'm a, I'm a, um, you know, medical obesity doctor. So by the time people have seen me, they've tried so many things. And they definitely are eating way less than everyone. And they still are struggling with this problem, right? And totally. 
yeah and it's just everyone around them is saying like like even you know healthcare everyone just like the only thing they say is just eat less and move more and that clearly does not work that's a cop out for um people to to say i'm showing you support but not truly show you support um, yeah. I don't think that's supportive when you don't know someone's chemical makeup, you don't know their emotional state, you don't know uh, what challenges, in my case, my life had presented. Sure. Um, and I was on a totally on autopilot, go, 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 never self sure. was at the bottom of my list. You know, sure. I was taking care of other people and uh, you were just really so you used compassion as a um a warm warrior weapon, you know, like you were very uh, empathetic. You listened with judgment. I I couldn't believe. And with that, I cried even more, right? You, you, it's almost like I was, I was uh, trying to be strong and bold. And then when you showed me the slightest compassion, you just cracked me wide open. But that said, you got to the heart of why I was overweight and you made me feel comfortable and I trusted you. And since November, 2021 folks, I've lost 75 pounds. And I personally think I have 20, 25 to go. Others might say not really, but um, I'd like to do that just for myself. So I had put it out there that I'd lost this weight and I shared some before and after pictures and I have a a huge following, probably about almost 17,000 people who follow me on social media. And I had hundreds and hundreds of likes, which, you know, I don't really pay close attention to those. But in that case, it told me that there are a lot of people who um, struggle and have the same issues or concerns, or even are just excited about the weight loss. And with that, I had tons of people write me private messages saying, can you share more? And, And look, I don't know everything there is to know you do, Doc. So I thought, let's record this conversation. I'll share with you the many, 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 many questions that I received. I am not a doctor. I did not answer these questions, but I did write them down and I'll ask you and you can answer, answer them today on this recording and I'll share them with my population. So question number one, somebody asked about getting sleep. How does that uh, impact weight loss? You know, you mentioned that before to me, at least, can you explain why getting sufficient sleep is important for weight loss? So sleep is important for a variety of reasons. Um, First of all, you know, related to calories, decreased sleep makes it harder to do the biologically difficult thing of eating healthy. And I'm sure we all know this experientially, but when we're tired, you know, it's hard to say no to that cookie that's in front of us or, you know, the cake that or the cupcakes that our spouse or children have brought into the house. Additionally, our hunger hormone, uh, one of our hunger hormones released by our stomach called ghrelin is increased. So we're actually physiologically hungrier, but even more insidiously, um, irrespective of calories, sleep has a component on our weight. So they did a good study where they took two groups of people and one group had, you know, not so good sleep, they actually had sleep apnea and another group had good sleep. The group that had sleep apnea on the same amount of calories lost 55% less weight. So there's a lot of different metabolic physiological things going on, but sleep, um, whenever I work with people, um, sleep is one of the levers that I tried to pull to try to continue to optimize weight. You know, Doc, I didn't. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, yeah, I did share all my uh, medical test results with you when we started. I had sleep apnea. Uh, I didn't know that. 
but I did. And um, that was part of the bigger problem. So sure. I'm glad you mentioned that. Another yeah. question. We have a lot of questions, folks. So we're probably going to, um, you know, go through a lot of information. If you have more questions, I'll certainly share Dr. Gupta's content yeah, after. But for now, let's go on to question number two. Um, people were talking about hydration with zero calorie bever beverages. I know I always choose the zero calorie beverage. Is is drinking that uh, linked to enough weight loss? You know, do, do results come from that? Do you have any tips for helping people who drink water? I do. I drink a ton of water. Yeah. If I drink um, a flavored drink, it's flavored water, right? A zero calorie yeah. flavored water. Um, tell me more about the transition from the sugary beverages to low or no calorie beverages. And why are these calories, you know, either ideal or not ideal for weight loss? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, there is controversy in this world. Um, you know, the science says that what we call these, you know, zero calorie beverages or non-nutritive sweeteners or like artificial sweeteners, uh, you know, like stevia, aspartame and all that, um, you know, it could like change our microbiome and uh, cause us to, you know, absorb more calories perhaps or in our brains uh, make us want sweeter foods. However, you know, it's still very up in the air and it's controversial. I know for a fact sugar um, results in excess weight, you know? So what I do, you know, I practice a lot of harm reduction in my practice. If someone's coming to me and drinking a lot of like sodas, a lot of Coca-Cola, my first intervention isn't to say like, oh, just drink water. It's to switch to diet soda, right? Because again, I know the sugary substance 100% you know, is the smarter move to intervene on. So I think, you know, just making the next incremental step is the goal. And I think relying on, I personally rely on non-nutritive sweeteners also. So, you know, there's no food, no one food is good or bad in isolation, right? It's all about, you know, looking at everything as a whole. And I think you have to really start where people are. So, so I, I don't, you know, I think if that's part of, you know, your plan or that's part of your life and it, everything is working or I, that wouldn't be my first area of intervention. That's what you did with me. You started me with yeah. where I am. I don't like soft drinks. I don't sure. drink diet drinks, but I do sure. use Splenda in my coffee and I have about sure. one to two cups a day. Um, so, you know, I, I, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's hundred percent fine. I, I don't see any, like, again, there's, there's no research, there's no legitimate research that links anything to any harmful effects, you know, in, in terms of these molecules, especially used just like that. So I think that's completely fine, right? Because okay. again, it's better than sugar and it makes it so, you know, what just like stepping back a little bit, what I always try to do with my patients is to find the most effective, sustainable diet. And the most important word in that sentence is sustainable. So yeah. if the non-nutritive sweetener, the splendor allows to have an effective, you know, sustainable diet, then that's the right answer. There you go. Cause um I, I think like what you said, it's gradual steps back. If you're if you're drinking a cola, then then move to the diet cola. If you're drinking yeah. the, too much of the diet cola, then maybe move to something else. Um, yeah, exactly. And again, just like in your case, if like that's helping you enjoy your coffee, you know, enjoy those brief moments of your day where you can like have that. I think that's hundred percent good. And you know, that's healthy, you know? 
Yeah, I would ways. say I would say that and um, laying out in the sun are my two biggest vices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you: Why is protein important for weight loss, and is there an ideal amount of protein that we should be getting? So protein is immensely important. Um, when we lose weight, we lose both uh, fat and muscle. But if we get uh, enough protein, it mitigates the muscle loss. So, you know, studies are kind of mixed in this in this in this question but i think i generally aim for one gram um, per kilogram of weight so for a 200 pound person that means around like 90 100 grams of protein a day um also you know i don't actually stress physical activity at the beginning but right. one thing that does help you know with weight loss uh, specifically is resistance training like building muscle um because muscle makes it so we actually end up burning more calories yeah so it to build muscle also is to uh, having enough adequate protein helps with that as well that makes total sense to me um i know that when i used to work out religiously i ate six times a day small meals and they were high protein to keep sure. that muscle yeah, that's um, perfect you know now when you met me <laughs> i didn't look like i i worked out six times a week for two hours a day but i used to do that um let's let's move on to things that like this to me i've heard all my life breakfast is the most important meal of the day what are your thoughts on breakfast um is it truly important for weight loss or is that overblown so this is one of my pet peeves. Um, the importance of breakfast is vastly overblown. And it's actually advocated by almost like every single government in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? And it's probably from like the cereal companies and stuff, you know, like advertising Dude. that. But yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, previously, this was all based on some observational studies um, that showed, you know, like those people, you know, had a, a healthier weight, but they didn't take into account the confounding effects. When they've actually done like randomized control trials, um, the myths of eating breakfast have been disproven. So, for instance, when, you know, they thought that when you ate breakfast, you would end up eating less calories later on. And that's 100% not true. So, you know. In my practice for my patients, I use intermittent fasting for patients all the time, right? Like not eating those calories in the morning, like before 12, um, you know, the most common way that people intermittent fast is eating between 12 to eight only. But when we reduce the hours of our eating, we end up eating less calories. Um, it's not like everyone has to do intermittent fasting and just, you know, being a little bit uh, just a tangential point, because I think this is an important point, is that in terms of what the important diet is for weight loss, um, it's the one that works for you, right? So yeah. if intermittent fasting works for a person um, in that they're already not that hungry in the morning, then that's what I use. But again, to go back to the original question, there's no reason why you have to eat breakfast. All right. Mind blown because I'm 56 yeah. years old this week, actually, and all my life. Happy I've birthday. Told, well, thanks. Thanks. All my life, I've been told that breakfast is the most important meal and you have sure. to have the heaviest caloric, uh, caloric intake sure. you have to be in the morning. And so, wow, thank you for that. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. I am never hungry at breakfast. Yeah. I feel like I'm making myself eat when I'm not hungry. Sure. So I think you should take, you know, like people should take advantage of that, right? Like yeah. that's an opportunity for caloric restriction right there. Right. So I think, yeah, not eating breakfast is hundred percent fine. And it's also funny, like, you know, as Susan said, I struggle with the weight especially as a uh, kid, like teenager, 
in high school and then again later in my life but you know I grew up on pop tarts and oh, Lucky yeah. charms and all that <laughs> I was like a 80s 90s kid so um you know in especially in that case I don't think breakfast was the most important meal in my day right there sure sugar was like uh today's drug deal you yeah know? exactly yeah, well interestingly you say that you know sugar actually triggers our dopamine receptors in our head faster than cocaine does wow sugar the proper model of it is a drug. It is a hundred percent. There's an addictive component to it. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll let you know, I have not, um, I I've been craving, well, not craving. It's almost a psychological thing because sure. of my birthday, I get a free piece of cake from this bakery, this local yeah. bakery. And I haven't gone to get it yet. So maybe I'll just skip it this year. So No, I mean, I, I think you should get it, right? Again, yeah. you know, yeah. everything we do is um 80%, not 100%. And, right. you know, perfection, um, that goal of perfection, I think a lot of like programs, a lot of people, and I suffer from this too, is that all or nothing, right? But however, the danger of being too austere, of aiming for that perfection, of like never eating a piece of cake, means we feel more and more negativity towards everything, right? This program. Yeah. And ultimately, right? That negativity um, leads to guilt and shame when we happen to eat something. And it's impossible never to not eat anything, right? We're a body made to eat in a world that's made to feed us. So then if we do eat something, then we feel guilt and shame. And then we, what do we want to do when we feel guilt and shame? We want to eat more. Eat more. Yeah. Emotional eating. Yeah. So what another um, powerful connection between the mind and the body? Because you know, I keep saying I shouldn't eat that piece of cake, even yeah. though it's my birthday and I want it. Um, and also I'm not usually a sugar craver. I'm more sure. of a savory craver, but um, yeah, I'm going to go get that piece of cake today. Yeah. Another um, point on this point is that, you know, weight loss is never a straight line, right? right? It's up and down, up and down, up and down forever. And again, because, and I'm sorry to repeat this, but we're a body made to eat and a world that's made to feed us, we will end up eating something or we'll end up going way up and way. Right. So the thing we practice is the coming back, right? Sure. It's being able to eat a piece of cake and then afterwards coming back and coming back to what works for us and doing that what works for us 80% of the time, not 100 Yeah, it, it's not the fact that we're going to fall because we are. It's how do we get back up? Yes, exactly. Uh, That's practicing getting back up over and over and over again. For sure. And folks, if you think that I only lost continuously for, you know, however many months since November, the 75 pounds, you're wrong. I mean, there were days when I was up on the scale. Your yeah, body it, is different every day. Yeah, it's it's impossible not to. And you've done a phenomenal job and you've like seen it, right? Like it's just up and down, up and down. And that's kind of the struggle, you know, throughout your life afterwards. However, there's two points. One is that, you know, it's okay to fail, right? That's right. the thing. You don't have to be perfect. And number two, the more we practice, the more we practice the getting up, right? The more self-efficacy we have so that, when we eat a piece of cake, there's less anxiety around it. And it's like we can eat in a cake or we can end up eating some pizza or something. But then we know like in the next day, in the next moment, we can come back. Yeah. And I think the coming back gets easier the more you accept and and, and exactly. get educated around what you just said. Well, yeah. Let me ask you about um, 
cheat days. Tell me a little bit about cheat days. Are they beneficial, detrimental? I mean, you know. So the cheat days are beneficial if they're beneficial, right? It's kind of a cop out, but, you know, we try, we do what works, right? I have patients who like every, like Sunday, for instance, you know, they end up eating more calories and that really helps make the whole thing sustainable. Other patients, perhaps, you know, like eating, you know, so a lot of sugar or something that one day makes it harder on subsequent days. So we really, really have to, you know, everything is very individualized and custom. They're customized. There's not like a cookie cutter approach to this. We have to take into account our lives, you know, our families, our jobs, you know, what we like, what we don't like, um, how we, you know, react to different things. It really has to be a holistic, personal, uh, individualized approach to weight loss because it's connected to everything. Food is so essential and it's everywhere and it's connected to everything else in our lives. You know, I liken it to our discussion around air. Air knows no state boundaries. Water, water knows no state boundaries. I mean, it's like a part of the body of the earth. It's like, you know, what you're saying here. You can't just focus on that that one thing. Let me ask you about portion sizes, because I remember on one of the many hundreds of diets that I have been on, they said, don't eat a piece of chicken that's larger than your fist. Uh, So tell me what you mean when you talk about keeping portion sizes in check. Sure. I mean, portion size is a tough issue. I mean, there's naturally um, some people who are more volume eaters. And in my intake, I actually asked this, like, are you a volume eater? Um, are you not? So it just depends. You got to take into account, like if, if, if you do struggle with the volume, you know, some things to do are to practice that portion size, like having less, you know, the things I'm sure people have heard about having smaller plates and stuff, but also, you know, what is that volume, right? Like instead of eating, you know, perhaps um, something else, but like increasing the vegetables instead to fill that volume, right? To kind of like take advantage, like uh, to kind of hack it a little bit, right? So instead of eating a lot of, um, not necessarily like low carb is the answer, but you know, if that was our plan and if that worked for you, not instead of eating a lot of like rice, instead make a bag of frozen vegetables and eat that instead of the protein. You know, my husband's on this huge broccoli kick because he just read that broccoli um, is is an enemy of Alzheimer's. And my mother has Alzheimer's and he's seen the impact and how horrific it is. So he eats broccoli every night now. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other recommendations of other things that might help to prevent Alzheimer's? Because I'm so broccoli'd out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I I have to read that particular study, but it's just like most diseases. I mean, dementia itself can be caused by multiple different factors. Like Alzheimer's is one mechanism, which is a tau protein. And there might be some research that shows that like, if you keep your mind more active, you know, and things like that. And, you know, hearing loss is a big thing, vision loss, like things that connect you to the world a little bit, things to intervene in that. But there's also vascular dementia, you know, which is um, kind of like having all these like mini strokes or regular strokes or things that can cause a deficiency in how your brain works. So, Well, for my mom, sorry. That's okay. For my mom, I'll say she had the mini strokes. She had loss of sight. And then because of that could no longer socialize. And then after my dad passed away was alone for over eight years. So she didn't exercise. I mean, 
it, it's all the things you just said. So, um, yeah, so that's <laughs> like, that would be more like vascular dementia. So in, in that case, you know, it's all the things, you know, like it's not, we all think that it's a magic thing, you know, um, like yeah. it's just one thing or whatever, but it's really just, it's a few things like not smoking, you know, having a good blood pressure, cholesterol, maintaining a healthy diet and physical activity and moderate yeah. alcohol intake. Like those are the keys. Those are the main things we can intervene on um, what we have control over more or less. Well, oh boy, he's going to hate to hear that because he loves, yeah. he doesn't smoke. None of us do, um, yeah. but he does love his beer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he runs, he runs, you know, he's, he's, he's sure. he doesn't eat healthy, but he certainly exercises a lot. Um, yeah, sure. I don't know that that, yeah. Is that the answer though? A lot of people say, well, I can eat however I want because I exercise a ton. Do you think that's okay? Uh, in recent studies, um, I read that it's actually, you know, I think it's important to work on all areas of our life. Yeah. Like, you know, again, first of all, physical activity um, doesn't necessarily, the it doesn't give you the most bang for your buck in terms of weight loss. They've done tons of studies True. on that it's right diet. now. It's diet. It's what yes. you put in your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Say but, that again, doc, because most of the people who said to me, get off the couch, go sure. run, they don't get that. Say that yes. again. Oh yeah, of course. So the number one factor in weight is nutrition right? We don't yes. like cardio, all that. It is good for our brains, our heart, a lot of things, but we don't get a lot of bang for our buck in terms of weight loss, right? And, you know, this important, this takes us to like what, how we see food, right? And, you know, I, I put myself in this bucket of seeing this because I, I grew up, again, I suffer from weight and I grew up with a lot of like these soup ultra processed food and stuff, but it's really interesting how in our world, you know, nourishment, and health in terms of food is like the third or fourth or fifth thing we think about in terms of food, right? We yeah. think about like taste and um, accessibility and how easy it is and like all that, which not, I'm not denying any of that stuff, but still like this is literally how we power our brains and our bodies, right? This is the energy of how we power it. So, you know, I think that it is always possible to make incremental steps. So in terms of your initial questions in certain, uh, in terms of working on nutrition or physical activity, I think, you know, working on both, but taking incremental compassionate steps towards that direction is the answer. That's really what helped me um, when you recommended that. Yeah. No one else has been to, so I literally went to a doctor in, in the Bay Area. Um, I'm not going to mention her name because- I asked her about my weight loss and, and I was tearing up because I mean, my weight gain, sorry, I was tearing up mm. because I had gained so much so quickly and had no, you know, reasonable explanation for it. And she saw me tear up and said, Oh, you need a therapist instead of losing weight. You just need to love yourself the way you are. And I just think that's a catch all. Of course, we need to love ourselves the way we are, but I wasn't healthy. I gained 80 pounds in three years. It was like crazy fast. Sure. So I found her dismissive and and not helpful at all. Um, sure. So if you're listening, you know, it's okay to want to be healthy, right? It yeah. doesn't mean you don't love yourself because I mean, you know, I love myself no matter what, but I would like to be healthy and love a healthier me. So I, I think, I think we can keep two thoughts in our head, right? Like it is, you know, as you say, like, you know, it's okay to want change. 
I think like how I, I think of it is that we have to accept ourselves, right? Yes. And we have to have compassion for why we struggle. Like a lot of my patients, for instance, had trauma when they were younger, or they had like parents who gave them really unhealthy food attitudes, or they're struggling a lot with a lot of stress or like, you know, or even like, it doesn't have to be so like, you know, crazy. It's just like, if we're stressed, right? We're surrounded in a world with dopamine hits. So right. we accept that, but we also, and, and there's so many reasons for it, but we also have agency, right? That we can, that we can move and, uh, you know, improve. So I think it's not like either like, you know, that, oh, it's all your fault or like, you know, or you can't do anything about it. I think it's more like, yes, it's not your fault, but we can still also do something about it with help, support in a very compassionate way towards ourselves, you know, move in that direction. Yeah. And I think, that sense? People, yeah, it does. They, a lot of people just don't know what to say. Right. Yeah. I think in that case, you should just not say anything. Sometimes. Yeah. Or you should just listen. Right. I mean, yeah. often, often, I mean, patients break down all the time in my office and stuff sure. and just listening and kind of reflecting and, you know, kind of like learning people's experience and just giving them space, you know, right. is really the answer. That's psychologically safe space. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I, when I was at my healthiest and I maintained a healthy lifestyle for many, 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 many years, sure. um, I ate six, around five or six small meals a day. Um, sure. I, you know, my portions were, and they were yummy, tasty, healthy meals. Um, but some might consider that snacking. So let's talk a little bit about snacking. Um, is it okay to do that? Or, you know, should you just hold off? Tell me more about snacking. So, um, you know, there's no way to avoid the caloric restriction that is involved needed because of the thermodynamics of our body to lose weight. However, the goal is to make that easy, not hard. But again, you know, this is takes me back to the individualized approach, right? So, you know, I don't want my patients to ever be hungry, right? Because right. actually, I think too often we think we have to be hungry to lose weight. But when we're in the hunger state, right? What I happens, always get hungry about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's awesome, right? And that that's helpful. But when we're in the hunger state, it's hard to make the healthy, the right choice. So right. in terms of snacks, you know, I go two ways. Either like, you know, perhaps maybe we increase more in, during the mealtime or protein, or like we have healthy snacks. We have healthy snacks all around us, right? We have things we can do like vegetables, fruits, or even like, you know, I suggest, you know, the easiest way to, um, you know, change a habit is substitution. So like, broth is a good option or even popcorn like popcorn has a less calories i like nuts you know there's evidence you don't observe all the calories of nuts jerky broth there's a lot of things we can find to help substitute some of those snacks um the yeah. things we want to try to work on is the ultra processed stuff like the chips and things like that and yeah. we come up with again individualized approaches to help with that issue I remember um, when I first started meeting with you, I would eat, my family eats a ton of popcorn because we watch a lot sure. of movies and it was COVID shut in. So we were in the sure. house, we were eating and I'm not going to say the brand because I don't want to slam anyone, but it was not skinny pop. Sure. And we're yeah, like, that's what I usually don't, don't eat that brand. Eat yeah, skinny yeah. pop. Yeah. So now we love our skinny pop. Now we don't yeah. even eat as much popcorn as we yeah. did. We're free to get out of the house, but um, sure. we love our skinny pop. And yeah. folks, 
I know you follow me, you listen to all my podcasts. This is a unique and special uh, interview or conversation with Dr. Vivek Gupta. I do know that I got a ton of questions from you out there, uh, private message questions on Facebook, as well as on LinkedIn, when I shared what I had lost and how and who helped me do it. You wrote me some questions. We've asked several of those here today. Um, a few of them are from some of my closest girlfriends. So I want to pay close attention to these and get back to those girlfriends with your answer, Doc. So the first uh. one was, my biggest question is maintenance, maintaining the healthy weight long-term. It's always been my struggle. How do I do it? And and before you answer, I'll think some of the, I'll say some of the stuff you said already is part of that answer because yeah. it's extremes, you know, but you go ahead uh. and answer her question. So, um, you know, as I said at the beginning, at the top of the conversation, I think that weight is a biological issue, right? There's yeah. evolutionary reasons why this is hard. So, you know, and unfortunately, we've done a lot of good studies now. And when we lose weight, our metabolism actually decreases and that doesn't go away. Right. So, you know, in my clinic, we use a lot of medications. There's a lot of newer medications that are coming out that are really, really helpful for this. Right. And just like other diseases and obesity is a disease, by the way, but other diseases like heart disease, other things, you know, medications are a good part and they can help with maintenance. Otherwise, other things are habit, you know, like working on the habit interventions, trying to make substitutions, but practicing a lot of compassion for yourself, right? Like knowing that there's a metabolic thing in your body's, you know, the, there's a metabolic physiological pathways working against you and that this is hard, but also realizing that you're probably doing like everything, you know, 98, 99% right. And all we have to do is intervene on the one, 2%, right? Uh, yeah. Because this doesn't require, and it's kind of um, maddening, right? This doesn't require a whole scale reformation of anyone's diet, right? It's a, just a little bit of tinkering, right? Right. Because like, when you, when you, for instance, like eat like nothing, like eat 300 calories a day or something, right? It feels like you're like weight loss. It feels like you're doing something. It's not healthy. You lose muscle, but it feels like it, but just not eating that hundred calorie snack pack. It doesn't feel like anything. You don't feel any visceral feeling, but that's what it is, right? It's that article yeah. of faith that not eating that hundred calorie snack pack is the difference, right? Yeah. And it just depends also where you are and what you need to do. I mean, again, I'm talking about the individualized aspect. And sorry, my last point in this is in terms of maintenance of healthy weight that, you know, while exercise as a whole doesn't necessarily, you know, benefit um, weight loss, it's really good for weight maintenance. Yeah. So like, eat cardio, all that is good for weight maintenance and especially resistance training. Resistance training is really good for this. So building muscle, because as we said, muscle, uh, you know, burns more calories or rather use more calories when you have more muscle. So um, it's really important. That's a big component of weight. Yeah. You told me that recently. So when yeah. I met with you, I was too heavy to exercise. People are like, just go run. I'm like, uh, you're not, you're, you know, you haven't heard the message my knees is sending me, yeah. right? My knees are telling me, sure. no, don't do that. But sure. now that I've lost all this weight, um, I do enjoy exercise. I, yeah. uh, you know, walking, fast walking, sometimes sure. jogging. Um, I'm starting to hike and awesome. certainly love biking. I used to bike all the time. Like so one thing, miles. one thing with physical activity is going super slow. 
Yeah. Right? Like the goal building at the beginning up. is building the habit instead of the effect. So I have people, you know, work out maybe 10 minutes, like three times a week, or like people who haven't been to the gym in a while. I say, you know, just go and step in the gym, you know, three times a week. <laughs> and it yeah. feels silly, but this is, yeah, you have to get your body physically in these spaces. Right. And it's like too often, you know, what we do is like say, oh, I'm going to work out like every day for the next, like, you know, seven years. And right, that right, never right. Works. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, just get, end up getting exciting. burned out. Um, it's even exciting just to go get that new pair of running shoes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just buy the running shoes and maybe right. step outside your house. You know, I looked day. at mine for a week and I'm like, oh, aren't you pretty? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe the feet in you. <laughs> that's maybe that's the next step just wear yeah. your shoes right wear your and it's just shoes. like yeah. you go one step at a time that's break all. them in break them yeah in. so my last question from my inner circle um was a woman who successfully lost a lot of weight now she awesome. and I both started at the same time she did not have as much to lose as i but she lost her to her goal um i have never done the program she did. I know a lot of people have, but then they've gained it back. Um, so I'm hopeful and prayerful for her that she can keep it off. Her sure. question to me was ask Dr. Gupta, now that I have lost all this weight, how do I get rid of the excessive skin? So I can't, um, unfortunately in this area, there's not a good magic answer. Yeah. I mean, resistance training, all this stuff can help, but if it's a significant amount of skin, um, you know, I refer my patients to surgery. Gotcha. Um, I wish there was a better answer right now, but. Well, I get why. I mean, yeah. skin doesn't have any, you know, bounce yeah. back after a certain age. So exactly. we are after that age. Y'all in full disclosure, um, Dr. Gupta does. Um, work with you on an individualized level and what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. But in my case, he prescribed um, a, a drug that really helped me and it has no amphetamine. It didn't speed up my heart rate. It didn't make me scary. It didn't put me in a risk of heart failure or any of that. Like so many of those old drugs out there uh, for weight loss. I felt very comfortable with it. Doc, are you okay if I mention the name? Yeah, of course. Okay. So uh, Dr. Gupta put me on Wigovi, which impacts the um, blockers in the brain. And I just really wasn't hungry. And I was eating that which made my body feel satisfied and nourished my body. And like I said earlier, I'm not a big sweets eater. So most of the things I ate were um, pretty healthy, right? Yeah. So I think that contributed to the 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 rapid weight loss, right? So I, I gained 80 pounds in three years and I lost 75 Awesome. Since November, 2021 with your um, training guidance, answering questions, and you're really reminding me to be compassionate toward myself um, yeah, and it's not really important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this has been a great conversation. I hope yeah. it changes lives of folks out there. Like it has changed my life. Why don't you share with the people who are listening, how to reach you in case they have more questions or something they don't want to ask me to ask you, how can sure. we touch with you? Um, the easiest way is just going on my website. It's mindfulweightloss.com. Um, nice. So it has all my contact information there. You could also just email me at drgupta at mindfulweightloss.com. So, um, you know, I have a lot more, there's information there and, you know, you can always email me and we can connect at any time. For sure. For sure. And I know inevitably I'll have folks who reach out to me and say, what was his 
contact info. So I'll yeah. share that if you want to write to me, I'll send you his, I'm not answering any questions. I'm not a, a, a medical professional as he is. So I will just refer you his way. Um, but thank you so much for this. It's been exciting. Yeah, um, thank you so much. I am me. very enthusiastic about your work because I'm a living, breathing product, a success story, right? Of your work. So um, I am so grateful to you. You changed my life. So I'm just can't say it enough. You're amazing. Thank you, Susan. That's really kind. All right. Well, have a good day, everybody. And thank you so much for listening in. It's been fun. Bye-bye. Thank you.